Welcome back to episode 40 of the FPL Draft Hub podcast. In this episode, we're previewing Nuno Santos's Tottenham. Welcome back to the FPL Draft Hub podcast, the podcast dedicated to the official FPL Draft game. My name's Mitch and I'm your host. I'm recording this on Sunday the 8th of August. So we're now just under a week away from game week one and getting into the real meat of the season. In this episode, I'm going to do a little preview on my beloved Tottenham Hotspur and looking at how they might line up this season under Nuno. Obviously, we need to put uh, last season behind us under he who should not be named. Um, I think there are lots of options for how Nuno could line us up this year, which I'll go through. Um, Most of what I'm going to be talking about is how we line up for the majority of the season. I will mention how I think we'll line up at the weekend uh, towards the end of the podcast. And obviously, you know, between me recording this and it actually reaching your ears, there's a good chance players could come and go and all of what I said could, could partially go out the window. So obviously take everything in the context of what's actually happening in real life. Um, just uh, as I'm recording this, we had uh, Martinez come in from Inter Milan and then half an hour later that apparently wasn't uh, wasn't on. So, you know, things like that, it's all changing. But uh, as things stand, I'll try and give you as good an overview as I can. Obviously, this isn't particularly specific to FPL Draft. It can be used for, for any draft or fantasy platform you're using because really it's just about trying to work out which players I'm going to play. Also, if you want to see a visual representation of these uh, lineups as I'm discussing them, you can check out the article I wrote, which is basically along the lines of this podcast um, on fpldrafthub.com, and I'll put the link in the description below. So without further ado, let's get into it. So Nuno's managerial career is still relatively... Uh, young. He's only been a manager for five or six years now. From the appointments he's had, he's got a core of footballing beliefs, um, which he looks to show through various shapes. So most FPL players will know him from his time predominantly at Wolves, where he was a stalwart of the 3-4-3 system, which saw Wolves go from the championship to Premier League regulars. Um, Though looking back, he has predominantly used a back four in his time elsewhere. As I said, regardless of the shape, the philosophy has been consistent. He likes fast wingers, crosses from wide, positive ball players in the middle, uh, counter-attacking and a high press when when out of possession, when the ball gets turned over. Uh, a tactical wish list, which I think most Spurs fans can get behind and certainly reminds me of, of things that Pochettino used to value. So what can we actually expect? I'm going to go through three broad options of how we could line up. Um, but I would expect as the season goes on to see uh, see him try out quite a few strategies depending on the opposition. So option one is the 3-4-3. Three, three. Uh, I think it would be naive and oversimplistic to expect Nuno to simply bring the system that was successful all straight into this Spurs squad, but it is definitely an option on the table. The players are familiar with playing in a back three under Mourinho and it's not impossible to make the personnel fit, but you know, Using that Wolves system as a template, let's look at some of the pros and cons of applying it to this Spurs squad. Some of the pros, uh, Doherty and Reguilon would look really good at as wingbacks, especially high wingbacks. Both got good deliveries and, and decent engines to get up and down the wing. Harry Kane, you know, he's obviously a pro for any system you're going to use in most football teams, but 
you know, as that dual threat focal point taking up number nine and number 10 positions lend itself very well to this system. And then Hungmin Son and Lucas Mora are both able to provide plenty of threat on the counter-attack and in build-up play in those positions either side of the striker. Some of the downsides to this system with, with this Tottenham team, I think it's difficult to identify three centre-backs, particularly ball-playing centre-backs, even with the addition of uh, Romero from Atlanta. It's definitely a weakness there. Hoiberg is not the, the classic centre-mid that you'd have in this system where you know that double pivot usually requires two players to have pretty good positional intelligence and a good passing range. So really all I'm saying is Hoiberg is no Neves or, or Moutinho. The other thing counting against this system is the obvious imbalance between the, the left and the right side. And we've seen in pre-season already that he's favoured having the, the left-sided winger, usually Reguilón, higher than the right. And I think if you were an opposing team, you're you're definitely looking to defend predominantly against our left than you would be our right. And if you go to fpldrafthub.com, the link in the description, you'll be able to see a nice picture of how I think this team will lay out. But as it stands, I think the, the, the back three would be Rodon, Romero and... The third place is probably the most questionable. At the moment, I've got Tanganga in there, but that could equally be Davinson Sanchez, depending on how they're fancied. Uh, Hoiberg and Lacalso in the middle. Reguilón and Doherty wingbacks with Son, Mora and Kane up top. Second option is to go four at the back, either in a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3. I don't think the personnel changed too much between those two shapes. And I've got both options shown in the article on fpldrafthub.com if you want to have a look. Um, and it's relatively easy to see how we'd line up in a back four. There's a chance he operates with a single pivot in central midfield, but given the likelihood he'll want the fullbacks to push really high, I think a sitting two is probably um, more something to be expected. And if you ask most Spurs fans how they want us to set up, the vast majority would probably sketch out something similar to the two lineup shown below. Um, and for those who haven't got the, the lineup in front of them, um, the back four would be Reguilón, Rodon, Romero and Doherty. Hoiberg and Lacelso is a sitting two. Deli Ali in number 10 position. Son off the left, Mora off the right, and Harry Kane up front. With the departure of Gareth Bale, Lucas Mora currently has virtually no competition on the right wing compared to Son, who has uh, Bergwijn and new signing Gill to cover naturally on the left. From a draft perspective, he's been gaining a lot of traction recently, yet the data from our Draft pick section shows Lucas has actually been slipping down the ranks, as you can see from the, the graph below, even compared to the FPL's in-house draft ranking of 63 overall, with managers tending to take him somewhere between 71st and 77th pick. He represents excellent value uh, at a point in the draft where, you know, the decent midfielder options tend to be pretty lacking and is definitely someone I'd be considering. I've got Delhi in the number 10 position currently, which should be the case uh, if pre-season form is anything to go on, though it's usually not. Um, but uh, Tangi and Dombali may have something to say about that. He's been fairly absent from the pre-season campaign as his wife had a baby, so he's been spending some time with the family. Um, and he's likely to be way off the pace in terms of match fitness early on. So I think it's Delhi's spot for the opening few weeks of the season, and it's definitely his spot to lose. And to be honest, I think as long as he can show some of the pressing and the energy that he did a few years back, that could be enough just to keep him in the picture. We already know um, that Kane won't be available for game week one um, due to fitness and coming back late with uh, with isolation. So the, the tweak to the system would probably be 
um, that Son plays up front and uh, Bergwijn comes in filling his, his space on the left side of attack. The third option is a, a 3-5-2. Now, this isn't to be confused with the Wolf system outlined in option one. Um, and the, this system would appear similar to a Jose Mourinho side on paper, but that's probably where the similarities end. Whereas Mourinho would end up lining up with a more of a 5-3-2. Nuno's use of this system is brave and maintains the high wing-back play. Uh, the bravery comes from leaving the three defenders to, to mark one-on-one against the opposing front three providing they set up in a system like that, uh, with the payoff being the ability to win the battle in midfield. So if you'd had the article open, you can see how I think we could line up in this system. Majority of these players I've mentioned in the other systems. So you'd have Rodon, Romero and uh, Tanganga at centre-backs, Reguilon and Doxy pushing high as wing-backs, uh, Hoiberg sitting in the centre with Deli and Lacalso roaming to pick up the ball, with uh, Son and Kane as a front two. Nuno famously used the system uh, back in 2015 when he was managing Valencia and saw them uh, beat Real Madrid 2-1 with a really masterful uh, display of this setup. The basis of the system was for the midfield three to really dominate the centre of the pitch and for the wing backs to keep their opposites pinned back as much as possible. Um, the bravery obviously coming from uh, having to leave your defenders defending one-on-one against the likes of Gareth Bale, Benzema and Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, whether Nuno believes he has uh, a trustworthy three from the Spurs defence remains to be seen. And um, that obviously could change depending on transfer activity. Um, I've put a link in the article for uh, a nice video on YouTube of Nuno explaining the tactics from that game. So you can hear it from the man himself. Now, obviously, Spurs play Manchester City at home on the opening day of the season. Um, and while City don't really have a dynamic front three in the same way that Real Madrid do, or did, it's possible uh, to see this system frustrating the visitors in game week one. So if City have any weakness, it's it's on the counter-attack and a system which facilitates pace out wide uh, and regaining possession in the middle of the park has a decent chance of success. So, you know, Nuno will not want to be smashed at home in the opening game. And while his heart, you know, might yearn for more free-flowing football, Tempering his ego with with a bit of a more pragmatic approach in this game may be the way to go. Still allows him to to show off what he wants in terms of his footballing philosophies, while also being you know able to very quickly tighten up if the game is becoming a bit too loose. So, so barring any uh, you know major arrivals or departures, that is how I expect us to set up. Um, now, obviously, as I said, Kane isn't going to be playing in game week one, but uh, having Son and Mora as kind of split nines uh, is definitely a system that could work against Manchester City. But whatever the system is, we'd have to be on absolute top form to get anything from that game on the day. The alternative, which is really a, a version of this setup, is to still kind of set up with a back four. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, uh, as he's done a few times in pre-season already, is to just allow the left-sided wing back to attack and have the right-sided wing back as more of a sitting player. So if you imagine taking that four at the back system and just rotating the paper slightly clockwise, um, you kind of end up with the same idea. So having Tanganga in the squad is um, definitely an advantage to that system because he can play as a right back and a right sided centre back. So he would kind of take on that more sitting right sided defensive role uh, a lot easier than, say, a Serge Aria. 
Another player we've been linked with in the window, um, Tomiyasu, is another player very similar to Tanganga in that sense, in that he's a right back who can also play right centre back and would be a lot more comfortable sitting than, say, a Region who's far more comfortable uh, driving up the pitch. And in that system, someone like uh, Lucas Moura would then take up the the wide areas on the right side of attack. The main question marks in the squad um, going into game week one, just from a fantasy football point of view, I think the defence is quite hard to call. I think Reguilón's fairly certain to start. Um, I'd be very surprised if Romero's not handed his Premier League debut. I think Rodon is uh, the the most likely person to pair with him on the left side um, over Eric Dyer. And then depending on whether he plays a three or a four, whether Tanganga or Davidson Sanchez feature um, really remains to be seen. I think we'll get a good um, idea. Obviously, this is all depending on whether uh, any new additions come in. But I think after the first two or three games, we'll have a really good idea of how Nuno rates the rates the defenders. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be fully, fully certain that uh, Matt Doherty is, is in the plans, even though they've got a lot of history together. So that's it for this episode. I fully expect most of this to be out of date by the time you listen to it. But uh, that's the game we play, making content for fantasy football, especially in this uh, little pre-season zone. Hearing a lot about uh, different people's drafts, and it's it's really fun and interesting to see how different groups have been drafting uh, over the past few days. Some really interesting picks in there. Lots and lots of debate, um, especially once you get out of that first round, that kind of second, third round area is uh, really throwing up some some curveballs. If you haven't already, please go to uh, fpldrivetub.com and check out all the features we've got on there. Uh, Taron's been working really hard to get uh, loads of loads of excellent features uh, over the summer, especially um, stuff for the drafts. You can see how, how the world is drafting and get a nice average draft ranking list. And then once the game weeks kick off, you'll be able to access all the stuff in your personal dashboard get all your own team stats and uh, all the different uh, data for waivers. If you like this episode uh, and you've listened to to other podcasts, make sure you're following wherever you do listen to uh, to your podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Obviously, as the season gets going, we'll be trying to release one every week to give you some insights into the games and then who to target going into the, the following weeks. Be sure to follow us at FPL Draft Hub Pod on Twitter. It's probably the easiest place to reach me. You can either um, tweet me or, or send me a, a private message. I'm generally fairly quick to respond if you've got particular questions over drafting or particular players. Best of luck to all of those who are yet to draft. Good luck trying to uh, adjust your rankings as all these new stars start entering the league. And as always, stay shook. Stay shook.